It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Best Practices in a Cross-Border Investigation I had a chance to visit with Mara Sen, who is now the Director and Senior Counsel Global Compliance Investigations at Zimmer Biomet about some of her thoughts on best practices in a cross-border investigation. Offer interview translations. While many people outside the U.S. have various levels of capability in a non-native language, when you get into the very detailed questions in an interview, they may not have enough English skills that you assume they understand everything, but in fact they do not. You may ask a key question about expense reports. Maybe they understand conversational English, but there's no reason for them to know expense reports. This makes it important to have someone present in the interview that speaks the witness native language and just assume that there are going to be times when you're going to need to call on that person. Next, avoid cultural pitfalls. Cultural pitfalls can unfortunately be something that you do not know anything about, but can easily fall into. The issue of personal privacy, as an example, where most companies, countries rather, have a different concept of privacy, particularly about whether your work area is your own versus what really belongs to the company. You should seek local counsel guidance to understand what needs to be done and explain to you the best way around it without offending people. Next, observe data privacy restrictions. Most American lawyers are aware of different privacy restrictions and requirements in countries governed by the EU and the US. The point under this best practice is that your analysis and response must go further to satisfy the D DOJ if you want to claim that you cannot get certain information out of a country because of data privacy restrictions. Next, comply with labor requirements. Similar to the long-standing wine garden right of unionized employees to have a, in the U.S. to have a representative present for interviews, in many countries there are works councils and similar analogs where the council is responsible for the interactions between employers and the employees. Moreover, employees have certain statutory or labor code-based rights as employees, regardless of whether they are members of a labor union or not. These rights can drill down into the types of questions that you can ask or even prevent you from meeting with or interviewing certain employees. Next, be aware of local requirements. It is incumbent that you work with local in-country counsel to garner an understanding of witness rights and your obligations during any investigation. In many ways, a U.S. lawyer would think about doing an investigation could be problematic in other jurisdictions. Some examples might be taking pictures or physically removing documents from a location, as these could be some of the issues you might face. You certainly need advice and counsel on what is legal and what not, might not be going forward. Next, put forms and narrative translations. There are times the only way an investigation can collect an employee's personal information is to obtain affirmative assent. Such information might include work documents, emails, or similar information. However, in this situation, it is even more important to put the consent form in the native language of the witness. You do not want the employee to later claim they did not understand the consent form or thought they were executing something different. It can be critical that you have informed consent because if you do not have informed consent, that consent could well turn out to be null and void. Next, 
preserve the attorney-client privilege. The rules outside the United States can be quite different and perhaps a little bewildering. In many EU countries, there is no privilege for an in-house counsel. So if a GC speaks to a president or chief executive officers, there is absolutely no privilege under any circumstances in Europe. Other jurisdictions have other kinds of laws, each with a slightly different parameter leading to different attorney-client expectations. So once again, get some local counsel. Next, prepare for local enforcement actions. Many countries are becoming more aggressive in their enforcement actions for bribery and corruption and sometimes based upon local and domestic anti-bribery laws. This means the information which one government knows, whichever government that is, you should expect and assume that multiple governments are cooperating in some way. This makes it more likely that there could be some sort of local enforcement action against your client while you are investigating matters around a claim. Next, prepare for security risks. This means personal security of your investigative team. Consider bringing interviewees to a local hub outside of the impacted areas. This can avoid a host of issues, including extra security fees and employees having to be escorted by guards with loaded machine guns to protect them. You must make a judgment call as to where and whether the potential threats need to be addressed in a specific manner. And finally, protect whistleblowers. The U.S. sentencing guidelines make clear that part of an effective compliance program includes having a publicized system for employees or agents to report potential or actual criminal conduct without fear of retaliation. These guidelines apply to all U.S. companies, both domestic and internationally. If your company retaliates against a foreign whistleblower, the U.S. government can take that into account, which can be viewed in a negative way, meaning you don't have an effective compliance program. Of course, under Dodd-Frank, the Securities and Exchange Commission can make an award to a non-U.S. citizen for information which leads to a successful securities prosecution, such as uh, an FCPA issue. So, uh, protect whistleblowers at all costs. Uh, the companies that engage in retaliation suffer uh, when it comes to uh, the DOJ and the SEC evaluating their conduct. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, use translators uh, to translate uh, oral testimony and questions and use translations of key documents in witness interviews. Uh, the uh, 2012 FCPA resource made clear that local languages are going to be important and you need to extend this out to your interviews as well. Uh, you want to make sure that the witness understands what's being asked of them and that you understand their answers back to you. Number two, use local counsel to facilitate the investigation and help navigate local anti-corruption investigative issues. Privacy is, of course, the biggest bugaboo, but uh, how you ask questions and perhaps even what questions you can't ask may come up. And number three, never, 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 never retaliate. The SEC will pay whistleblower bounties for non-U.S. citizens and your uh, compliance program will be downgraded on its effectiveness if you retaliate against whistleblowers. This is Tom Fox. I hope you will enjoy this month's offering on hotlines and investigations. A 31 days to a more effective compliance program. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 days to a more effective compliance program. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic in innovation in compliance. Thanks again for listening.
31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.